This show is brought to you by Made by Super. Hiring a design studio is more necessary than you think. Your brand is important, and how it's represented shouldn't be phoned in. Whether it's your logo, website, messaging, online ads, environment, graphic design, or social media, you need professionals, thinkers, advocates for your brand, people that will make you look good. It will make a difference. Trust me. Go to madebysuper.com and hire great designers to get to work for you on your brand. Also brought to you by Age Old Trade Design, LA's premier hospitality design firm. Welcome to Acting Real with Kat Foster, where I talk with talented, seasoned, professional actors about how they use what they've learned from acting in their real everyday lives. If you have been listening to the show and you like it and you're moved by it and it's helped you and it resonates with you, subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a good review. It means so, so much. And more importantly, it helps other humans find the show. Thanks. Hi, you guys. Uh, today I talked to my friend Stephanie Hunt. Um, Stephanie is one of these um, sort of amazing, beautiful people that cool, crazy, synchronistic, uh, life-changing things seem to happen to without any effort whatsoever all of the time. If you want to know about manifesting stuff in your life and being very, very creative, then this is your episode. Uh, Steph is an actor, a writer, and a musician. I got to know her when she played my little sister on the TBS series, Your Family or Mine, which was so, so fun. Uh, you may also recognize her from Friday Night Lights, Californication, How to Live your, with Your Parents for the Rest of Your Life, and most re recently, she's been on the TV show, The Resident. Currently, she is touring in the U.S. and Australia with Megan Mullally in their incredible cabaret act, Nancy and Beth. Enjoy, guys. It is a skeleton, and you have to discover where the bones go. What I need for my life, I am drawn to create the play. And you must use the play. You must use it. Good. Chocolate's like the best thing to eat. I would talk about all fucking day. Um, it's like actually a food group for me. It is though. The cacao is so magical. That's, I know it's like a superfood, right? Yeah, that's the next like everybody's gonna freak out about cacao. Like I feel like everybody already did, but in a deeper way <laughs> because cacao is like are you ayahuasca. Cacao is like ayahuasca. Uh huh. I really? mean, mm hmm. I've done like cacao ceremonies. You have? I have. And it's, well, with blessed cacao that, um, raw cacao, raw mm -hmm. chocolate from Mexico, that was an original form of currency there. And I think I knew that maybe. I mean, it's like the goddess cacao, like the goddess Aya. But it's did, not to be trifled with. Does it make you trip? I mean, not to undermine the, 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 the um, sacred potency of ayahuasca which is a sacred medicine right. is cacao similar um not in the same intensity it's a lot more nurturing but it's the same it's a feminine energy it's a goddess um but it's a lot more like a warm hug mm. whereas i kind of think i is a little more like throw you out into the wilderness <laughs> yeah naked. but it's also not like you're gonna be super tripping you just kind of are in this mm -hmm. real it's like eating a bunch of edibles kind of but on a deeper sense. you just feel like 
stoned with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you can get messages. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so cacao. Cacao. <laughs> um, this is dedicated to cacao. This episode is dedicated <laughs> to cacao. No, this episode is dedicated to you. And um, to you, Kat. Okay, we know each other because you played my little sister. Mm-hmm. I just want to, like, jump fucking right Please, into some shit. Please, let's dive I in. just want to dive in. Why okay. not? So, you were my little sister on this television show, and, um, <clears throat> like, obviously I was so into you the second I laid eyes on you, but then um, I, like, watched this short film that you made. You made a short film. Do you remember that? Yeah, which, which one? Short the film? one with Megan, right? Dalai Lama? Yeah, and you're on the beach, and it's like there's a na- oh, yeah. narration mm-hmm. over it about meditating and yeah, disappearing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, so she made this. Me. That's fine. It's you made this short film, and I, then I was like, oh my god, I just I, now you're like my fucking spirit animal. Oh, I love that you saw that. I kind of remember? forgot that. Yeah, so I saw that, and then okay. you saw some film that I made, and you're like, oh, I'm into you. Oh too. yeah. Okay. And just your essence and your being. You were just into my essence and my being, and I was into your essence. Like, here's what I remember. I remember one time. This is when I first talked about you in therapy, okay? (laughs) I love this. I came into your dressing room one day when we were, like, rehearsal was going on. Or Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Maybe there was a show that night, taping that Mm -hmm. night or whatever. And you were lying on your couch (laughs) with a blanket over you, Uh like, full snuggles, like, like a comforter over you. And Mm -hmm. you were lying there. And, um... You had, like, essential oils, obviously, like, all over your dressing room. And, like, little, like, tchotchkes, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't know, like, it felt like, like, good luck charms. But, like, all, like, oh, you had, like, one of those rollers for your face. Like, the oh, emerald, yeah, the jade, like, the jade, rollers. jade rollers. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. things. And then you were watching um, a Woody Allen film. <laughs> <laughs> this is I so can't funny. remember I love which this image. one. Um... Me neither. Maybe it was Annie Hall, honestly. Probably. And so you were like watching and you're all like, yeah, yeah. And you're all like cozy curled up like in your dressing room. And now my feeling when I'm on the Sony lot, Mm -hmm. specifically that was stage 25, Mm. which I've shot now two TV shows on. What? Yeah. My first TV show was on stage 25 at Sony and and then Your Family or Mine was also on stage 25 at Sony. Um, like Sony feels like a cold, scary place to me. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't. It also kind of feels, I have some right. great memories, but also it's like a little stressful. It's like, mm-hmm. it feels a little stressful to me. And right. like, here you are like cozy coz in your like cute, and by the way, in your frankly, like not that cute dressing room. They I mean, were you old. hadn't decorated it. Dressing rooms. Yeah, but like it was just like white walls. It's like a pretty mm-hmm. generic dressing room. Mm-hmm. But like you made it like this like perfect little hideaway. So this is when I talked about you in therapy because I told my therapist about it. And Aww. she was ba- essentially like, I mean, you know, basically like you. this is what you need in your life. Like, <laughs> you need to like cozy up and watch some fucking Woody Allen. Right? Like, and I feel like. And by the way, I have more th- stories. Like, I've talked about you in therapy a few times. I love this. Does this make you feel weird? I, I, it makes me feel like I'm seen because I forget a lot of things that happen. Mm. I don't mean to, but I do. And so this image of remembering yeah. how I created the whole um, dressing room to feel like that, I, re- I, I like being reminded of that. And I'm well, do you want to tell you the other story? Let you. me tell you the other story. So the other story is where we were done with your family or mine. Uh, and this is like a year after it. And I can't remember why, but I think I just texted you being like, Hey, 
maybe I saw you on Instagram. I don't know what, but I texted you and I was like, hey, love you, miss you. Like, you're fun and you're cute and I'm thinking of you or something like right. that. And then you texted back, I'm in Normandy. <laughs> and it's this fucking picture of you running on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> with like a scarf like everything that you'd imagine like a scarf billowing behind you and like of course like the super cute styly trucker hat and you're just like like I don't know why were you in Normandy you know what I mean so that then I also talked about that in therapy I'm like god Steph's just like this like magical manifestress like young being of sparkle gold and this. like I need to know more about mm-hmm. that and of course like anyone who knows you knows this about you like I mean but I don't know but I also like you know look here I am labeling the fuck out of you Mm -hmm. like that's like not a very nice thing to do that I'm doing in a way although I'm being you know like it's coming from a place of love I don't take it as restrictive I mean would you does or do these words like golden manifestress of love and light I mean that that feels great to hear I feel like I'm always working toward that I don't feel like I'm content within that in myself Mm. um so this is great to be affirmed as this and i hear a lot of crazy stories about myself and i don't know why i don't remember um all of them i think it's because i smoked a lot of weed as a child sure um like as a baby mm, starting when i was 12 years old okay that's Um, when i started smoking weed well okay so maybe that's i i don't know it's like um i i don't feel i don't I love hearing this. This is great. I, Bob Dylan said that the purpose of music is to inspire people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is um, a great thing to think about. And I kind of think of everything that I do and what I want to do in the world. Like what my job is, first and foremost, I would say, is to remain inspired. Because mm-hmm. then you can do anything. You can do acting, you can do music, you can write, you can have a conversation. And I feel like that's what the real job is. So how, so how, can you tell us how you do it? Well, I mean, there's so many amazing things in the world, Kat. I mean, but do you like, is this like, look, like at some point, at some point you thought of those words, like my job is to remain inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like a, just a, such a beautiful job to have. Um, do, are you how conscious of that are you like on your in your day to day? Pretty conscious of it. Um, like it's easier for me to justify going on a walk and getting lost than doing my taxes or anything that makes logical sense because mm-hmm. I'm like this is my job my mom said that to me because my mom was an actress and she did off-Broadway and stuff and an actress and a shaman and um she's not a shaman she's a doula she a shaman? Oh, she was a I mean doula. she's she she's is with a it shaman. she's a shaman yeah, I mean she hasn't done <laughs> shamanic practicing st- I mean she's done she's she's a witchy magical white white light worker woman. just like a quick side note by mm-hmm. the way like of course the conclusion that we come to in therapy or i don't even know if my therapist has said this out loud but <clears throat> what i what i sort of the, the takeaway the therapeutic takeaway honestly is that you you've had a really good mother <laughs> no honestly mm-hmm. like you <clears throat> like people yeah. who have really been mothered properly 
know how to take care of themselves mm-hmm. in like a really gentle, nourishing way. Like mm-hmm. you're good at nourishing yourself and being gentle with yourself and allowing yourself to do things like just get inspired. You're, you're not like a taskmaster mm-hmm. with yourself. I mean, do you I have feel to like work that? to be a taskmaster. I right. do have to get shit. Done like maybe sometimes. you err more on the other side, but actually, I'm mm-hmm. not so sure if you have to get shit done. And that's later on. Well, not yet, but there's a teaser. I want you to. I want to talk. I want you to tell this soup story on air because okay. the soup story is okay. fucking great. I love this. You guys, we had a pre-interview. See, Steph came over a couple days ago, and so we have the luxury now of having had like a pre-interview or whatever mm-hmm. they do on you know late night talk shows. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. So, so your mom is super with it. Super with it, and she's a Montessori teacher, and she trains Montessori teachers, Mm -hmm. and she trains Montessori teacher trainers. So she knows Montessori methods. So she Jedi'd me. Yeah. The kids and my 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 kids as in my siblings. Um. So she told me. I guess whenever I started to pursue acting after I got my first gig and was um, considering coming to L.A. and in that whole beginning portion, I was talking to her about something, um, you know, like a character or some audition or something. And Mm. she made it very clear to me, this is your work, this investigation, this like giving yourself space like that. This is your work. Mm. And then... um, you know, because usually you don't think of creativity as work. Mm-hmm. But because she said that to me, it felt it made me feel like I had the permission to take that space for myself and that that's what the job looks like, that mm-hmm. it is a lot of imagination work and daydreaming and like not to be not to judge yourself when you're like that or feel like you have to you know, make that feel like a belittled thing or something like that. Right, right. Like it's not enough. Right, like it's Because a job. lot of us do go around being like, well, that's not enough. Like what, I'm just going to hang out all day and like <clears throat> follow inspiration. Okay, <laughs> but like what am I doing? I'm just following inspiration. Yeah, but like what, is, what am I doing? What are you doing? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like a lot right. of people have the that doing. voice in their heads. Right, but right. it is like you are doing something. Well, are you doing or are you being? Um... I mean, I think that there is a, a, a verb a mix, to, right? like, curiosity. I'm being curious. I'm being, mm-hmm. um, like, I'm being timeless. I'm being out of uh, whatever my head is. So, like, you're, like, be doing. Be doing. Or, like, do being. Do being. Or do being. Yeah, it's not dubious to do be. <laughs> <laughs> to do be. Yeah, no, but this is a really interesting point because um, – like, uh, I'm just going to make this up, right? But let's say there's, like, two, maybe three modes of being. There's, like, a being and a doing. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, uh, no, I'm going to take it back. Let's say there's, like, a relaxing and a working mm-hmm. and a reflecting. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm totally making that up. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, you, the, you, it does take a mix of these things. Mm-hmm. And there is a part of you that has to put generate a little bit like you know what i mean like oh yeah if you lay in bed 
you're not going to just like get inspired. There's you still, well, sometimes you might, but there has to be a part of you that's going like, am I inspired? No, this bed's, I'm not feeling this bad. I'm going to do this or, or you know what? I'm not feeling this bad. What am, what am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Listen, listen, listen. Okay. I'm going to go do that. Like, right. There's a part of you that has to generate a little bit. Yes. There's a doing to it, but I feel like it's, it's also a quest. Like mm-hmm. the doing is um, like looking for inspiration is like um, looking for a fuel. Like it's a feeling inside of your You know when you get like excited about something yeah. and you're like, oh, my God, that is the coolest thing ever. Um, Can you remember the last time that happened to you? Well, yeah. Um, may- I mean, it just happens all the time because so- I look for it, but. You know, with shows you watch and... Like, what was the most recent thing that you felt that way? Well, I'm obsessed with Fosse Verdon. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, you said that. You're, like, counting down the days till Tuesday. Last night was the next... I know, but I couldn't watch it because I was out and then... Okay. Anyway, I'm going to watch it. So... So did you stumble upon it and, like, get obsessed with it? Did someone tell you about it? Did you just see the ads that are everywhere? Um, Saw the ad, was driving with Megan, my okay. bandmate, Megan Mullally. This is and Megan Mullally. She's, uh, Steph is in a band called Nancy and Beth, mm-hmm. which is, like, the most fun show to watch. But it's her and Megan Mullally and then, like, bandmates. Sweet. All cat. these musicians. Yeah, great musicians. Great musicians. And you guys sing, like, fucking amazing songs, like soul, soul songs. Yeah. Yes. Am I screwing this up? No, no And then you I do very it. intricate choreography. And Megan does the choreography. Oh, she choreographs it She choreographs it all. Oh, I didn't realize that. And it's like an out-of-body experience when she does it. Oh, re- like you watching her do it? Mm-hmm. What we do and what we always say is she choreographs and I remember it. So she oh, just great. like blacks out and goes into this state. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing to watch how willing she is to really investigate every gesture like a finger movement and an angle is like a whole friggin right she could write a paper on it and then she'll justify it with emotional means which is part of why this Fosse thing is amazing and yeah, when we were watching Fosse it, that's Corey, what he did. Yeah, he was well, so actually specific. Burden did a lot. Oh up, wow! T- I mean, she was she was like his translator. Right, right, right. Yeah, because she was like this glorious fucking leggy dancing mm-hmm. machine, and she was able she was to his muse. Tell and, was and she? she or he? I was mean, her he, they were both. They had muses. I think they both right, had I their own start muses. That. Okay, so anyway. that's one thing that has been super inspiring to you lately, mm-hmm. or the. I don't want to. Were those your words? Yeah. Yeah. Or totally. you became obsessed with it? I can't remember. Um, it's yeah, not my it's words. been it's been rebirthing my brain. Okay. And so what else? And then I always have Woody Allen movies on my in my Netflix when I'm traveling because right now we're on tour, and I haven't been home in a while, and then I've been working on this other thing. Uh-huh. Um. So I download movies on my Netflix that I just love, uh-huh. like The Graduate. Yeah. I'll have Annie Hall in there. It's yeah. So I don't. You know, and, and you just curl up and you make cozy time wherever you go and just watch. Yeah, or just movies. on a plane or whenever, just like watch little things. I'm I'm a person who I like to watch movies a bunch of times. Yeah, it sounds like it. Even in the theater, I'll I'll watch like The Master. I saw it and then I saw it. I watched it again. That's so funny. I I, that I, I read with P. T. Anderson for that movie. <gasps> 
That was like one of the pinnacle auditions of my whole experience. Oh my. I read for the Amy Adams part. And then he was like, yeah, come back and read with me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is oh heaven. I get to read God. with you. And he was like super cool. And then Walking Phoenix was outside in this trailer, like smoking cigarettes. It was like Walking Phoenix and P.T. Anderson. And I mean, look, I'm like this makes me sound less cool than I am. Like I don't usually like to geek out about people, but. It was like a pretty like geek out of ball. Yes. Like, it was like pretty cool. And then I got to like read with P.T. Anderson. It was really oh cool. My and then God. he was like, I'm putting you in my next movie. And then he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell though. He'll remember. Yeah, Mabes. Mabes. Um, remember. Okay, so you watch The Master. So what is it? Like when you watch these movies, t- can you, can you, can you just talk about like, um, physically, emotionally, like what this does for you? Like, does it does it re oh, does it awaken your inspiration? Yeah, it does. It's like um, it makes me have ideas about what's possible and what I am inspired by. Because sometimes when you're reading scripts or going out for auditions, and it's not necessarily your dream work. Uh-huh. To find what is going to be fueling your performance mm-hmm. outside of whatever the theme or tone of the show is that mm-hmm. you're on um, is uniquely personal. Mm-hmm. And it's important to fill your own well of what's going to make you want to do it. Even Like my favorite actress is Julieta Messina. And do you know who she is? No. See, nobody knows who she is. But she's Fellini's wife. <clears throat> she was Fellini's wife. And... Um, She's still alive? No. Yeah. Um, that would make her like 120, right? <laughs> and Nami's laughing at me. <laughs> um, it's okay. I mean, she's alive in some way. Okay, sure, yeah. Doris Day's still alive. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, because I grew up watching Turner Classic movies. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like an old woman. Um. But you're not, like, you're cool. Like, this is, like, what the cool kids did. They watched classic Mm -hmm. movies, and they listened to, like, the classic music, and, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you cultivated them. Like, you could just be a ditzy millennial who was, like, who? You know what I mean? Who are you talking about? Who? Annie, what? What's that? I don't know. You know what I mean? Because you're, like, two years You're also, no, you're not two. How old are you? 30? 12. No, I'm Um, I'm 29. Yeah, so you're not even 30 yet. So you could be a ditzy millennial, but you're not. Yeah, you know, gotta try to stay. Not that all millennials are ditzy. No, that's so rude. That's so rude. No, but there's. there's By the way, I don't even. The truth is, I don't even fucking know about millennials. Like, I'm not gonna classify an entire generation as ditzy. That's so rude. But there is a thing. It's weird how, because you know, neither of us are old by any means. But whenever there gets to be distance. I don't know. I don't know if I should say. There's, um, yeah, my boyfriend's sisters are 21 and 20. And when I talk to them, I'm like, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, like so different. Even though they're super wise and super cool and really evolved humans, there's just certain things that you can't. um, Yeah. You can't fake. But also, like, time. you're mature. I mean, people have always told you that. Like, that's something Yeah, that's the like, old souls. You hang out with, like, older folks. Mm-hmm. I mean, Megan Mullally is, like, tw- tw- She's I 60. don't know how old she is. So, yeah, twice So we age. have a 30 age. Yeah, 30. but you guys are buds. Yeah, I'm, I've definitely always been in the, like, ages 
Just a construct and a state of mind. Yeah, I, one of my best friends was in his 80s. So can you just, ago. like, describe a little bit, and then I, we're going to move off of this because I need to talk about something okay, else. Okay, yes, but like, exactly. Just, like, so you, like, I just want to, like, I just, because this is for me, but also for our listeners, like, I just want to, like, get into your body and brain a little bit. Like, okay. Like, because also, you know, you're... I just feel like you always look really cute, like you have style, and I know you think about it a little, but it like obviously looks really effortless, but like, you know, you like, it's considered even though it's natural, like, Mm. and so like, I'm just, I want to know, like, you, you seem very like, um, sure slash unselfconscious slash like like you just like find stuff and put it on and then you make it cool like you're one of those people and like I'm not one of those people and so I want to know how that works but I think it's all part of the same thing that's like looking for inspiration like you're confident about what you like and what you don't like it seems like and then you pick something up you're like I like this and then you just fucking adopt it Mm -hmm. and you rock it you know not only in terms of fashion but like in terms of everything in terms of ideas in terms of friends probably in terms of you know what I mean Mm-hmm. Is this right? It feels right. It feels like flat. I'm like, I don't want to get like ahead of myself and feel like I'm a No, because we're going to talk about how also sometimes you feel um, anger. Yeah, I do anxiety. feel anger. I know. Sometimes. We're going to talk about all those <laughs> things does. too. Um, I, it's weird. I feel like, um, well, I've always been this way since middle school. Um, I think it comes from being a Montessori kid, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Um so since age two, I went to Montessori school up until eighth grade. Mm-hmm. That was improper grammar, how I said that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about choosing what you want to do as the child and ingraining a sense of self. Because Maria Montessori, she, do you know about her? Not no. that much, She's actually. She's super tight. She is. It's crazy how tight she is. But she she got kicked out of... Well, she had to flee Italy because Mussolini saw how powerful her teachings were. Because she was empowering kids in the ghettos, and the ghettos were changing, and he wanted her to make everybody into um, soldiers. So she had to leave and flee. And then she went to... Like India, and then was talking. It wasn't Krishnamurti, but maybe it was. It was some dude like Krishnamurti, yeah, okay. and so then she realized how important self knowledge is. So that's what her teachings are ingraining in the kids is like this sense of <clears throat> nurturing who they are as individuals, mm-hmm. and then letting them choose the materials that they're drawn to in the classroom, and you choose which lessons you want, mm-hmm. and. Um, you can do reports on whatever you want. When I was in third grade, I was obsessed with this idea that how do I know everybody's seeing the same color that I'm seeing? Yeah. Because I know that it's red, but how do I know that you're seeing red and we're all both seeing red? Yeah. And um, so I went to the teacher with this question, and she was like, well, you can – do a whole, uh, you can plan a, what are they, oh, a field, like a field trip, but there's a different word for it. Anyway, so you, there's a call list and you call the parents and you say, I'm planning to go, because then I found a professor at UT, you know, they like help you. So I went to the University of Texas, found, like found This a, is when you were a third grader, is that what you said? A third grader. So you're like eight. Mm-hmm, okay. I'm eight. And mm-hmm. you 
So I looked at all like the eye people, study mm-hmm. professor people, mm-hmm. and uh, found one. Called them, and they agreed to meet with me for this question That's that great. I had. Yeah. And then you have to write out your question uh-huh, and, uh-huh. on a piece of paper in cursive. So it's all part of this really wholesome. Like learn, you're learning a lot of yeah, life skills. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to call all the teachers uh-huh. on the parent list and see if anybody's willing to drive you on this day scheduled for wow. this time. Wow, that's a lot for an eight-year-old, right? I would think. I mean, I, I oh, think it's a like lot. A lot. Okay. Yeah. And and so then this one mom was like, "I'm down." I was like, "Cool, I'll see you at that time." And then, (laughs) yeah, I was like sitting in the kitchen on the phone in the classroom because also the classrooms are like uh, houses, you know? Yeah. Um, so then we went, I should have had a philosophy person though. I realized in my later years that that was what the question actually was because I got there and this dude was such a, it was, he was just like an ophthalmologist. Yeah, he just yeah, showed me that. an eye yeah. and like how eyes work and talked about the eye. Yeah. He didn't understand my question because yeah, no. I was wanting to know he about wasn't perception. On the level. Yeah. I wasn't really wanting to know about like how the eye works. Yeah, yeah. And then he showed me like a dysfunctioned eyeball that was colorblind or whatever because yeah. of this mechanism did. Yeah. That's classic, like a classic story about big picture thinking versus detail oriented thinking. And we all like fall more we all have a tendency like some people are very conceptual like i said like look at that poster you might say oh it's a like an ode to an aquarium and somebody else might say like oh there's one two three four five six seven eight and ten fish and one <laughs> fish is blue and the other fish are yellow do you know what exactly. i mean like just different people think different ways right and also judging an eight-year-old I feel like there's like a certain sure yeah like he didn't he didn't think yeah. that i could be on that level at eight yeah yeah yeah. Which is totally understandable. Sure. Okay. So, but that's so, but this is all to say that like you're, you were, uh, you were helped in, in your seeking of inspiration and your natural individual uniqueness. Yeah. From your early education. And very supported in the idea that what I'm feeling is what should be guiding me. Right. Which I don't think most people are trained in that because. It takes honoring how you're feeling and mm-hmm. caring about it mm-hmm. to even find what that is. And that's why I like acting, actually, is because it makes you do that in sort of this transcendental way where it's not even about yourself mm-hmm. and this deep com- sense of compassion for why somebody else would mm-hmm. do things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you don't want to be too selfish. But I also think... Well, with the well, but it's not selfish, right? It's not selfish to right. like always be thinking well, about how you're feeling. I know, but I had to become less self-absorbed. Like when I was 19, like I honor my 19-year-old self, but mm-hmm. I was a little like the world revolved around me. Like in what, like, like, and then what happened when you switched out of that? What was the difference? Well, it was just like a honoring other people's time i was late for everything uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and just freewheeling times a million yeah yeah um yeah. kind of which is totally cool yeah. in some ways but then there's like a learning that other people have lives right around you so when you wake up what do you like just can you walk me through a day of like feeling and of like following your feelings 
Um, by the way, it doesn't happen every day, you know. It's like always the intention to do that. But I like to think when I wake up, because usually thoughts about the day or worrying or whatever problems or things you're supposed to do come up almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd like to be aware of that and then think, oh, this is going to be a good day. Mm. And I'm grateful for this day. So you consciously think mm-hmm. that. I like to try and think that when I wake up. Right. Um, now, but is this after problems or potential upsets come, go through your brain? Hopefully it's before, but okay. sometimes it's right after, but catching yourself. Some days you wake up and you're like, I'm awake. I'm grateful to be right. awake. Right. You know, I like that to be the first thought. I try to at least put that in my first five minutes. Um and then I like to consider my dreams mm-hmm. for a while. I used to journal them all the time, but um, now I kind of like to practice just remembering them mm-hmm. and like feeling what they were and if there was maybe a lesson and uh, looking at like big images. I'm really into metaphors. Mm-hmm. So I like to think about metaphors of my dreams. So can you give an example of that? Um, uh, well, I had a funny one a couple days ago. This is like pretty funny, though. Great. I love it. <laughs> um, so I was walking around with my friend Nani, who is like a cacao master in real life. Uh-huh. She She's Mayan and she's. Um, so I was walking around (laughs) with her in my dream and we were dodging, um, everybody out in the world was throwing bombs at each other and also their own poop. So people were just pooping in their hands and then throwing it at each other. And it was like a video game where if you went up to anybody, they were just going to you know, if you go up to a bad guy in a video game, mm-hmm. they're just going to, like, start attacking you. Mm-hmm. So it was like that. So we were finding different pathways to go around because we were trying to get somewhere. I can't remember where we were trying to get. Oh, to um, my apartment the, okay. and, at the time, which also was, like, the roommates. You had to, like, sneak in the back window of your apartment. But oh, she wow. knew all these ladders and yeah. different ways to go around the city. But it was kind of a scary dream, but also she and I were being really chill. And then when I thought about it, um, I thought it was pretty funny because everybody is kind of throwing shit at each other all the time and mm-hmm. trying to find a path mm-hmm. that is, you know, peaceful and joyful within all the chaos of mm-hmm. the world is mm-hmm. definitely a big part of my intention. Yeah, and that's like sort of like what your dream is reflective of mm-hmm. Pretty and like the ladders like to climb above the like shit throwing mm-hmm. or know? underneath just or like underneath. going sure. around yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah and trying to get back to your apartment you know Jung said that the home or the apartment is the self represents mm-hmm. the self mm-hmm. usually in dreams so um there's never like a, i don't look at dreams like there's a one like those dream books i don't really look at like the symbol like if you dream about teeth that means this if you dream right. about blah blah i mean it's interesting but i i like looking at like at, to me everything in a dream is like a personal it's like your mind your unconscious writes you a poem in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and the poem is designed to help 
illuminate some part of yourself to you that you desperately need to know about. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so if you can look at the poem and understand the poem, then you're essentially like you have a direct line to your unconscious. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I've been doing with the dreams. Instead of writing them down, I'll write then what I think the meaning of yeah. the dream is down. Great. And so, so did you take say, anything from that dream that you had the other day? Or? Yeah, like finding ways just of like peace. You felt affirmed in your... Yeah, that that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's like that's... Great. ...an action. Um, I also think, though, that there's... Um, like the way I look at dreams is that there it's all part of me, right? So there's there's an attacking shit throwing part of you too. Right. Exactly. In, in you. And yeah. I can engage in that if And you know, there's she, a cacao master in yeah, you. Yeah, she was kinda teaching me the way to not engage with it. Because there was a part of me that just was like, Oh, should I be just shitting in my hand <laughs> yeah. and throwing it at people? Yeah. Um and I was like, No, I don't want to do that. Right. So those are all the parts of yourself, the cacao master, the shit thrower, mm-hmm. and then like you stuff. Mm-hmm. Like And that's the thing also about acting. I wanna play a bad guy. Hmm. I realized. Great. I want to play a bad guy. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Knowing you in like two <laughs> seconds. Okay, I want to talk about that, but we just finished walking through today. So you look at your dreams. Oh, um, yeah, I look at my dreams, and then I'll make a cup of tea. Okay. Take my vitamins. Mm-hmm. I have these liquid vitamins I love. Um, this is when I'm at What are the liquid vitamins house. you want to share? Oh, we'll link um, to them. Is this a specific brand? Yeah, what are they called? Okay, mm. you can text me later. I'll text you. Okay, great. Uh, they're great. Great. They have everything in the world in them. Wonderful. I can't travel with them because they have to be refrigerated. Mm. So that's one of my favorite parts about being home. Sure. <laughs> my vitamins yeah. in the morning. Um, and then, and then, oh, then I'll meditate. Uh-huh. Now I'm doing my morning pages pretty religiously because I'm redoing the artist way. Great. Um, and then... Do you do TM? I can't... You do TM. You've I did with TM. I you don't learned do. with Betty. I don't Betty Jones. Do, I do... I like teacher. to, like, free ball my meditation okay. style. Like, mindfulness, or do you listen to, um, like, guided meditations? Like, mindfulness, and then also I'll do a mixture of different practices that I've studied, um, but kind of... Like medicine wheel stuff, calling mm-hmm. in directions mm-hmm. and grounding into the Can earth. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, well, every, um, like different people have different uh, directions that you enter from. You're but, talking about northeast, west, and south. Yes. But those in sh- in shamanic like studies or understandings, mm-hmm. those all have very different flavors, right? Yeah, well, it's, this, it's the circle and it's kind of a, a perfect cycle yeah. of creation and of different aspects of the world and of yourself. So calling in the different flavors kind of gives you a full centeredness. But the And it, they're different in different cultures. But the one that I've been taught is the north is like the leader. Mm-hmm. So calling in mindfulness and leadership and, um, and that's where the buffalo mm-hmm. is. And the giveaway, and then the east is. Um, Did you just say the, the giveaway? Mm-hmm. The give, like letting go of what you don't need. Oh, and it's also the place of um, conception. It's like the seeds. It's winter time, so it's when you find the seeds of what you want to plant mm. the next year. 
And they're like deep down in there because it's winter and it's cold. And then that happens in the north. Now you're traveling to the east. Yeah, now the east. And so I just associate it with within my body, mm. not relative to actual space that I'm right, in. Right, but so the so north, like the is, north like is, your is the head. head. Yeah. Okay. And so then the right side of my body is the east. And that's um, the masculine mm-hmm. and the um, place of boundaries and inspiration and insight. And that's springtime and that's like sunrise mm-hmm. and uh so you start to grow and then in the south is trust and innocence and that's the that's the child and so the north is the elder so mm-hmm. that those two ways are like north and um you know mm-hmm. the baby to the old and then masculine and then to the west is the feminine and that's harvest time and that's the bear and that's mm-hmm. dreaming your Sleeping your dreams awake. So, but before you skip over the child, like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's the that's the big. What's the what? That's the what? That's the big spot for. That's where the artist lives, and that's where Mm -hmm. trust and innocence and summertime, like rapid heat, fire, action, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's like your that's like your lower lower chakra. No, not necessarily. Let's not talk about chakras right now. It's a totally different thing. Yeah, it's thing. like a different thing. It's a different thing. It's like this, like, um, yeah, so uh, so like you'll be like, you know what? I need to awaken my n- north right now, or I need to awaken my south, or I need well, to... Well, I like to call them in. Mm-hmm. All of them mm-hmm. at once Yeah. in a meditation. And it can, you can like take a long time with that. Yeah, like that could be like a 45-minute situation. Mm-hmm. Do you drum? I have drummed, and I also have a flute that okay. I sometimes play. But you'll sit, like, in a room by yourself or on a bed or what? Uh, yeah, I have a meditation room in my house. Great. And so you go in there, and mm-hmm. you just sort of, like, vibe out in your mm-hmm. meditation. I've got a great chair. It's very And this is a daily practice? I try to have it be daily. Sometimes... Um, you know, I was telling you this the other day, like I'll go into deep practices for amounts of time and then I'll get really excited and just right. be in the world and have more like a two minute check in when I wake up. Uh-huh. But I'll try to at least have a conscious breath of gratitude and before I right. go about and make my calls and do right. whatever I'm supposed to do. Um and morning pages, are you journaling like for three pages straight or are you journaling like a half an hour straight or how do you three how pages are you? three straight. pages? You know, it always messed me up when I was doing morning pages, which I like always go off and on for like the last 20 years is what about what about when your journals different fucking sizes? I know. You know what I mean? I like, was if you have a smaller say, journal, you go like six pages, right? But it was a big no, mama. I, you do, like, I a give page myself and a, half. a break. I, you do? Because <laughs> you had a good mom. That's why. <laughs> I do have lined paper now, like okay. college rule, but okay. I have like my journal's this big, which is about like six inches by three inches yeah. no dude that's not six inches <laughs> that's like i mean i'd say that's like at least like that's probably, how big is that hanami you know like you know one of those that's like six by eight six by t- nine mm-hmm. there's not it's not three in- three inches is really small. okay okay okay, okay. anyway okay. anyway whatever. but i was gonna say that when i'm feeling like i have some time and i really need to do some stuff I'll use. I'll pull the composition notebook out. Oh shit! For three pages. Three pages. Of and I write pretty small. So that takes what, like twenty five, thirty minutes? Something. Something. It can take sometimes an hour. Yeah. But I'll like. Then you get into like 
you really are writing. You're writing stuff. some shit. And, and you like have to keep and the rule of morning pages is you don't pick up your pen. Mm-mm, you just keep writing. You just keep writing. Keep writing. Keep writing. So then, okay, so you do your meditations and your journaling and your gratitude. And then what? I don't know. Depends on, on the day. My, on my ideal day, I don't know what's going to happen. But let's say you'd like take a shower. You like, um, you don't Usually know what's going to happen. Usually don't take a shower unless I have to do something. Okay, so you don't take a shower, <laughs> but do you still put on makeup and look cute? Um, No. If I don't need to put on makeup, I'm not going to put on makeup. Okay. And then what about like, do you know what you're going to wear? No. Sometimes that's something I think about in bed. Mm. What do I feel like I want to wear? And that's like a thing that gets you out of bed. It's like, I think I want to put on like a tie-dye shirt today. Now, do you work out? I do. This is new. Oh, okay. I didn't used to work out. But now I'm into doing yoga uh, like three to four times a week. I have a place that I go. Does that mess up your getting dressed game? Because that's what happens to me is like, I like if I want to work out, I end up basically just like in sweats until I work out and then I work out. But then like, I just like throw on. Right. Well, who am I kidding? I'm just not a styly person. Like that's just you not don't me. Have like, to I wear be. the same if shit. If it's not every what day. inspires you, then it doesn't inspire but you. But I know. But I'm always like, I want it. But then it's not. It's just not me. It's like I can't stop thinking about it. It's kind of a problem. My New Year's resolution was to not buy any new clothes. Got and it. I've realized that I'm addicted to clothing. But you're you you make it's fun for you. It's, it's like fun a for form, me. Form of self-expression. Exactly. And my great grandmother. Um, had a clothing store. Mm-hmm. So it's Shoot. like in your it's blood. It's like in my, my ancestors were like, Wear Okay, it. can you talk Love about it. the soup story? Because I just feel like the soup story is such a, uh, it's just like an iconic <laughs> stuff hunt story. This is so funny. I'm going to need you to like tell me what the I'm interesting gonna, I'll parts guide you about through. the story are. I'll guide you through it. But start, um, start with the point at which you were just like, I want to work at this soup store. <laughs> it's a soup and a juice place where you live, which is yes. Austin. Yes, Austin, Austin Texas. Texas. Yeah, I moved back to Austin from L.A., kind right. of controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just like I wanted to be able because I write music and I write short films and I've been like writing a bunch of different scripts and stuff. Um, so I wanted to be able to hibernate more in Texas and write and cocoon. Wait, sorry, pressures. sorry, wait, just quick. So yeah. at what point in your day do you start writing? Like, do you organize See, it? it? Should be it should be a little more disciplined, I think, except that's just not how I work. I don't, because a lot of times I like to write at, like, 2 in the morning. And you just, and when that... And I'm not good with schedules. When that happens at 2 in the morning, you're just like... Cool. You're just, but you're just like, what? You're like sitting on the couch and you're like, you know what? I have an idea or like what? Mm-hmm. Or like, w- tell me what happens. Well, it'll, it'll usually be like triggered by something. If I'm watching Turner classic movies, which sure. I basically always have on in the background of my house. Like it, it's like, it's a fire pit or something. Wow. Okay. Um, if I'm home alone, there's Turner classic movies on. I used to be notorious when I had my own apartment because now I live with my boyfriend who I love dearly but I Your would boyfriend who's like a ki- killer musician yeah he's a killer musician and can we say who he is yeah we can yeah, shaky Alejandro. Alejandro. what's Alejandro to me Alejandro Rose Garcia Alejandro Rose Garcia he's got otherwise a known as shaky graves his whole name is actually pretty crazy his name's Alejandro Skyler Rose Garcia whoa <laughs> Hippies. Yeah, that's Skyler. We both have hippie parents. Okay. Um. So, so you'll be hanging out with. Yeah, I used to put on records. Mm-hmm. 
I would have multimedia going on in my house at once, different like two different records, two different rooms, and then the Turner Classic Movies on, and wow. then just kind of like flow in and have my art supplies out and oh like my God, so fucking into you, <laughs> so into you, like I'm just so into your whole being. Okay, so that so that's what's happening. So you're like vibing. You have your art supplies. Vibing. You're ready. You're ready for something to happen. Yeah, not not waiting for it. No, but just like. Like, I love alone time. Fuck yeah. I can do alone time. Yeah. Um, but I love hanging out with Alejandro. I, I miss him when he's not there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so what's my point? Your music's playing. I'm, we're talking about writing. Oh, right. And then the movie like you get and an idea and, and you, you know, like a concept or a question or a thought um, triggered by one of these things, perhaps. And then it's like, that's interesting usually my mind thinks in this versus that to get to a different point Mm -hmm. Uh, i can't think of an example right now it's like you know seeking versus being okay um you think dualities yeah yeah think of but not obvious duality that's not an obvious duality right that's actually something i think about a lot is because they're not opposites right but they they're complementary but they're different modes of perception. Okay, yeah. And then they, when you think about why they're different, then that's something inspiring to write about and, like, what could make them different. And uh-huh. if there's somebody or something that happens to somebody that makes them realize why they're different, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds pretty conceptual. Mm-hmm. Like you get conceptual hits, like some, like some, like just like when you were eight years old and you wanted to know about perception mm-hmm. you're you're just like oh here's an idea right and then let me just like start riffing on this idea mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it'll be big ideas and then at what point does feeling come into it usually like right off the bat right like so the idea sparks a certain feeling or like or because tone. i'm feeling something and then i question why i'm feeling that mm. then i'm like what does that mean and what feelings, like, more. like what feelings? Oh, no, I, don't I don't even know. talk about fucking feelings I know. Yet. The thing no, is I that, do, but like, I don't. I can't even, I forget so immediately. So I have to write things down because I'll have these super profound thoughts and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, where's the pencil? This is why I have, we have art supplies everywhere because yeah. it's just like, or I have a lot of voice notes. Yeah. A lot of voice notes. Yeah. me just... Because it's easier to quickly get the idea down by just like this versus that, blah, 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 blah. Now, to be clear, you don't... Okay, so you're an actor, you're a musician, <laughs> you're uh, a filmmaker, you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like all the fucking things. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you have an idea and a feeling, you're not like... Um, you're not like, oh, I'm going to put this into one category, or are you? Like, you don't know where that's going to go necessarily, in terms of expression, ultimately? Right. Or does it usually go to your music? Would you say you're a musician first or an actor first? Um, I used to always avoid that question because I would feel like it's different yeah. modes for different times of life. And yeah. all of the things feed into what expression is. But I've realized recently that um, I think I identify more as a musician. And I've done music more... Um, my whole I started playing violin when I was five years old. Right. 
But I, I, I did children's theater and stuff when I was By like, the way, your tattoo that's on your arm says lighten up. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. She has a tattoo that says lighten <laughs> I And I, but like, this is like weird because it's like, I don't, it, here's the thing. You're just a beautiful version of humanhood, just like mm. everybody else. It's not like, I'm not like putting you up on a pedestal. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm not. Because I don't that's a false construct anyway. Right. Like there's no such thing. Right. Like we're, we're just like one. this gorgeous, juicy human that I happen to be like really like attracted to. In I a very love totally it. And I feel the same way. way about like you, I find Kat. you very magnetic. Like I'm, um, um, so, okay. So, so anyway, so this is like your creative process. So some, so you'll have an idea and then maybe it'll have a feeling or you'll have a feeling and it'll become an idea and you write some shit down and mm-hmm. then, probably it becomes a song or or, well actually with songs i mean it's all mystery i think that's the big thing and that's one of the things i think about life in general is that our society especially as americans um we lack the vert we don't see mystery as a virtue Mm -hmm. i see mystery as a virtue Mm -hmm. and i'm cool with mystery i like the unknown I like exploring. I like being in that space with people. I like nurturing that space. I like cultivating it. Um, And I think it's important, like not knowing what you're going to be, who you are, what this thing is going to be, and letting it kind of unfold in whatever way it's going to. So sometimes, like I've written songs that are poems that I find in journals that I had years ago and I'm like I don't even remember writing this poem but then a melody will come when I read it six years later mm-hmm. you know or um also I love Woody Allen I don't care you know so inspired yeah, by Woody Allen it's I know. a bummer it's a whole about thing. like his personal life sometimes. bummer but one of my biggest uh te- by the way he hates Annie Hall anyway interesting interesting right yeah um so in the documentary that he had, he had this drawer filled with ideas that he had written mm-hmm. down, like random pieces of, you know, napkins and yellow paper and, blah, you know, all different forms. And I have a box like that, too. Mm. And so it's like you never know what an idea is going to be. And you, you can just let it unfold into that. Mm-hmm. You know? So you kind of collect your ideas Mm-hmm. And then maybe one of them will take have uh, take on a life of its own and become something, mm-hmm. and you sort of help it do that. Right. Wait, we should talk about the soup story. Okay. Okay. So the soup story starts right. where like like similar to your like idea box, you're like, okay, I there's like this cool soup and fucking soup and what is it soup and juice place soup and juice place in and Austin grilled cheese sandwiches and grilled cheese and what's it called? Soup peddler. Okay, so soup peddler. It's an Austin staple. It's an Austin staple. It's by your house, right? Yeah. Well, there's, uh, there's five locations. Okay. So it's like, but there's one how right close is it? To I should you? know that because how close is it to you? Um, ten minute walk, two okay. minute car drive, okay, five minute bike. But this drive. is a place that you frequented all the time. All the time, I would go there for years. For years, I've gone there with my sister. It's the perfect place because you can get a soup, a smoothie, and a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. Like, that's everything you're that so you into need. It. But then one morning, you woke up and you're like, I should try and get a job. Well, there, okay. So, <laughs> we go? also, because I've been doing this writing, freeballing, creative 
frou-frou stuff in my house. So, And that's why I went back to Texas to do that and to be in love. So that you can kind of get like a little bit out of time and like need some structure. I also was seeking some structure okay. and connection to the community I was in at large outside of like this big broad-minded idea state of being yeah you wanted some like grounding maybe <laughs> yeah some with like reality people checking. and like and a store and, and also soup. i would go there all the time um and i would make like three soups a week that was the thing i got into doing oh great and then you just like have your food ready yeah. but then i didn't have to do that because okay so i went to work at this place and by the way, I haven't told a lot of people in the industry this. So mm. this is, you know, like my my managers, my agent, most other actors, I didn't tell this because they they kind of were like, why would you work at a, like, or they get worried You're that like, I've forgotten ever... about my career uh-huh. or something like that. Or it's just a perception. Anyway, um, the point is that I went there and I got an interview to work there with mm-hmm. this woman who's amazing. And I told her straight up I wasn't going to work a lot. And I didn't want to work a lot. Um, no, 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 <laughs> no. You fucking went there. Did you fill out an application? I did. I, well, I filled out an application online because here's what actually happened. I was going to get a sandwich okay. at this other sandwich place, which is right next to Soup Peddler. And this guy, Zeke Jarman, who is like a spirit guide to me and to we call him our spirit guide, which is really funny because he came up to me in this parking lot. And I was like, Zeke, what's up? He's like, I'm working at Soup Peddler. Oh, like your work because he's he is like me times 20 in terms of the floaty airiness. Okay, he just is like in and out and does he appear he was in our front lawn one time we're like why is he in our front (laughs) and why was he eating popcorn and went out there and we're like what are you doing and the nearest movie theater was pretty far away Uh and he was like i just went to the movies and we're like what but how he's like i didn't know y'all lived here (laughs) what and was he sitting there on the front lawn uh, he was like walking by but then he like slowed his roll in by our you know, front yard, and Alejandro saw him and went out. And then so he just took he's it like, as an I just saw the Peanuts movie. It's pretty good. And he's, like, not even phased that <laughs> <laughs> he's in our front lawn. Um, and he was there when we fell in love and, like, sang us songs in this oh, field. Wow. There's the whole thing. Okay. Um, so Zeke is working at the Soup Peddler. Yeah, which I'm like, what? You have a job? He's like, I've worked here for years. It's my favorite job I've ever had. I'm like, well... I think I could work here. Yeah, <laughs> if you can work there, I can work here. I can do this. Yeah. Um, so I meet with Meg. Who, so you fill out an application online. online. Okay, and the next the morning calls she's like, you. I'm, she's like, come in. Well, she's not the owner. The owner is the soup peddler. She's the manager. She's okay, the so. manager. And she's well, like. Well, she's more than the manager. She runs the company. She's like, come in for mm-hmm. an interview. Right. So you go into the interview and you go, I want to work here. And she's like, okay, you seem cool. And then you're like, but I only want to work here once a week. Oh, I said a couple times a week, probably just once or twice. And I'm also going to be gone like 
three months at a time. Right. <laughs> so basically, you're like an ideal employee. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm so sarcastic. You're like, why would anyone hire you? But of course, you get hired. Okay, because like, who well, wouldn't no, hire but, you? But listen, listen to why though. This is okay. like an extra affirmation of why okay, right. I could work there. Um, she's like, so. I'm nervous that she's going to listen to this and feel like I don't take her seriously. I love her so much. Okay, so she says to me at the end of our interview, well, I think this is great because I had a dream last night that I hired Erica Badu, and she was like, well, I need six months off. And I was like, okay. And I was just like... <laughs> God, the story. I'm so glad you told me that part. You didn't tell me that part the other day. Okay. So she had a dream that she hired Erica Badu, who needed. So, by the way, great. I right? mean, like to, for you to be in the same like I know dream realm as mm-hmm. Erica Badu, right? Dream slash waking realm. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. makes total sense. Exactly. Okay. And this girl Meg, I will also say she is best boss I've ever had. No, I'm so into her. Because the way she runs things is she really looks at all the employees and sees what their strengths are and then nurtures them. Yeah, I know this already from the story. Right? Okay, like, so anyway, so then you're working at Soup Plantation. Great. Okay. Um, So then you're working at Soup Plantation. Sorry, what am I going on? Soup Peddler. He's like a bicycle because he used to, like, um, when he started the company, he would deliver the soup on he bicycle. Would soup. A long time ago. Okay. So he was like a peddler and a peddler. Mm-hmm. Okay. He Literal used, like, and metaphorical. He $20 to make soup and then went and sold it on his street with his bicycle. Wow, this story is And now so he's good. like, he. it's so yeah, Austin, a, you know? An it's Austin so mogul. Okay. So let's flash forward, though, to okay. when you're in the soup place I'm and, terrible. like, you're totally terrible. You're completely <laughs> overwhelmed. People are ordering juices. You don't oh know how God. to fucking make them. It was There's a like, great reality check to just – because I realized most of my conversations are pretty heady and about big intentions and life dreams yeah. and kind of pressure situation. You know, like – when what do you just care about? What do you juice? want to do with your life? You yeah. know, I feel like that's the conversation a lot of actors and creatives have with each other all mm-hmm. the time. So then working with, and this sounds mean, but like regular people who are just like or like somebody who's just juice. having a day job like by yeah, the way, working exactly. with me by the way i'd be fucking great at making soup and juice you would be i'm a gr- i like would i would rock that shit because that's like my brain i go like yeah fuck i could like figure out a system to make all the juices really fast i and, know like, i was get work- ahead i was tr- i was trying to get there by the way my first job was i worked at a snow cone stand which was it's so much easier on my snow cones are way easier oh, than that's juices you think. <laughs> and soups. I worked at this snow cone stand. We we always had a forty five minute long line. Wow, that's stressful. And I would leave with um thousands of dollars. I would leave with so much money. We got we got paid in cash and we would get so many tips. It was only cute girls that worked yeah, there. You were so which cute. I usually fight against. Anyway, that's just Okay, matter. so you're at the soup peddler, you're terrible. I'm terrible. I'm great at working the window, getting the tips, talking to the people, like keeping them calm. Yeah, but as soon when as you have to like, go busy. make some juices. Yeah, it's like a I would and I was very expressive with my other workers about like, man, this is a lot, you know, we got a lot of <laughs> lot of orders coming and like okay we got the soup and the you know i'm like kind of freaking out it's like 
You said on Monday, you were like, I've never been so stressed out in my life. I know. <laughs> I was like, my heart was racing way more nervous than being on a set or like auditions. <laughs> okay. So basically, it's like, like, let me I'm just. going to fuck this but, order up. But let so me just hard. summarize this. Okay. So you're like, not only do you only want to work one, maybe two days a week, but also you want to be able to take off for months at a time yes. whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And also you're fucking terrible, yeah, terrible? at making ju- soups and juices. But great attitude. But you have a good attitude. You're great at talking with the people. Okay. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say that they all would say I was terrible, but I know that I was the leak, the weak link, and they all could just like. No, they were probably like fun. They were happy to have you around. But I wasn't the most help. That is for certain. Okay. I would make like one or two of the eight juices that we had to make right then. So then talk about the end, the beginning of the end, where the day that you were like, I need to go okay. write this on the schedule. Okay. Well, okay, so. I realized that I needed it was it was too much, even though I wasn't even working <laughs> there very much. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be like the one day that I had a shift, I was offered a show to play right. or like to go to this movie or to go to a dinner with somebody who's in town. They're like, Oh my god, I'm working in the soup line. I can't yeah. make it. <laughs> um or I would have had like a very late night the night because I'm not great with schedules. So if you have to work at like 7 a.m., there were multiple shifts I had where I just didn't sleep the night before and went straight from. Fuck. Anyway. I, wait, I just have to say one quick thing, which is like I wanted to say a minute ago, but I don't have my fucking pen right here, so I can't take a note about it. But I think it's really important. Okay, tell us. When you decided to work at the soup peddler, mm-hmm. you specifically said like what you needed was community and um structure yeah oh also i wanted to be able to have income that wasn't related to my face right but i think that's really significant that like that came 20 minutes later in this conversation that you needed income like you centralized some really basic human needs you wanted Mm -hmm. a little structure and you wanted some community yeah those are like wonderful things to follow those are hits that you follow that could have probably been satisfied in other places but all of a sudden zeke's working at the soup peddler and that feels like the right way to go um and so you just followed that but the it wasn't like oh i need money i just need money i need money i need money i'm gonna work at the soup peddler it was i need i'm feeling like i need now look again we've said this on the show sometimes you really do just fucking need money. I mean, Mm -hmm. like a lot of people in the world, they really, really need money and there's a lot of poverty and it's like disgusting and and horrible. In a big way, I did just need money, but I'm not willing to do things just for money if it's not going to be good. Right. And I can't justify it for other means. And that's not the primary driver of you working there. It happened to fulfill that need too, Mm -hmm. but it, the real needs, like you said, were the structure and the community. Right. Okay, so you were starting to be like, I can't work here anymore. And then at some point, there was a tour, right? Well, I was about to go on a tour for Nancy and Beth. And then I had some other stuff. And I was like, I'm going to need like six months off. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so this is a half a year. Most people would just be like, I'm going to quit because I'm going to be gone for six months. But I and remember, I'll just apply when I get back again. I remembered the Erica Badu thing she said. Right. So I was like, I mean, 
I'm going to see what's going to happen. But I was also so freaked out. More than I'm freaked out. Instead of emailing her. Well, I went on because we would have our schedules online and you would mark out dates that were requesting for time off. Mm -hmm. And so I went on there and I requested six months off. You just wrote six months. No, well, you put like in the calendar from this day to this day. And so I was like. And you were super nervous. I was super nervous. It was like real world boss stuff that I haven't felt in forever. Mm -hmm. Um, More nervous than I am with producers or like talking to people on a set or requesting things. Because you were nervous that you were going to get fired. I was like, I'm going to get fired from this job. And I don't know why that was so scary. Mm. Um, So why was was it so scary? Can you just talk about it for a second? I think that that's just this idea of boss. You know, like a boss, a job, I don't know, a job, a real job. But why would it scare you to be fired from the soup peddler? Listen, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm not, by the way, that's said with literally no judgment. Like I'm actually, I'm really curious because I like talking about fear on this show. And I think a lot of people can relate to the fear of being fired. I'm terrified of being fired all the time. I feel like, yeah, I, I, I guess I feel that with with acting too, but I don't really allow myself to feel it as much. But something about this being this like job and I felt like I needed to be more linear. And I already was sort of insecure about my abilities as a soup maker. And mm-hmm. it was just like, man, I can't be a regular person who's like accountable. I'm it was just like... But that wasn't like... That wasn't what I was looking for. Listen, it doesn't make sense why I was afraid. You were super freaked out. Okay. Um, But that's one of the amazing teachings of Meg in Mm. general is that she's this amazing boss that you don't ever have to be afraid of because she's so rational Mm. and so into working with whatever's there and solution-oriented and conversation-oriented. Um. So she, I don't think, even knows that I put the six-month request off in in reality. Oh, really? But she called you, and you you, you ignored the she call called because me you were scared that she was Moments call. after I put the six-month wow, request okay, in. Okay. And so I assume it's because she I just put, yeah, you. and she's firing me because she's like, mm. So then you take an hour where you don't, where yeah. you, like, decompress. I sit down, I take deep breaths, I'm like, I can totally let myself be fired right now. Like, I, I can accept that I haven't been doing the greatest job. Like, I would probably fire myself, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Are she, you sad, too? Um, I'm a little, like, disappointed, but I'm also, like, in this surrendered state is where I get to, where I'm like, it's okay. Right. You know, whatever happens is fine. Obviously, this is silly to be this worked up about mm-hmm. it. I'm laughing. I think it's funny. So I call her back, and she actually has an idea of promoting me and putting me on salary. Right. To so do you their ma- you're now you're going to make like what I don't know four times the money mm-hmm. to like do something that's like way more and that I don't even have to be there, just making generating content because she knew that. Because we'd always talk about, like, different things that we were inspired by visually. And, and that gave you some structure and community, too, right? Yeah. And I, it's the only and, and first job I've like been way more income from. that you, way more income than you made in the original job. Exactly. So, like, you go from, like, like basically saying, no, 
huh, I think I should maybe would get a job here. And then you get a job. And even though you're like kind of not a good employee at all, like or not. I don't mean to say that I'm being shorthand. I know. This is shorthand. But what I mean is like, even though you're not like not like what the what no- people would consider. Yeah. Like you never want to basically, even though you're an employee who never wants to work and who's really bad at doing what you're supposed to be doing, right. like making things, although you're good at conversation. Great at great making at tips and like right. calming so down that counts. the line. That, that counts. counts. Because we get really busy and everybody's freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, even though those things are going on, mm-hmm. then out of nowhere you get a call from this woman to, like, fucking manage all the content on their social mm-hmm. media. And I'm you make the four creative times director more of marketing. Than. You're now, like, the creative director of marketing, salaried. And so it, like, met all of the needs mm-hmm. times a billion. Never something that you thought you wanted to do. Right. And you took this really curvy pathway to get there. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the story is such a beautiful metaphor for life and also for how to fucking manifest. Like you are like Mm. this beautiful synthesis of foot on the gas and foot on the brake. Like Mm. it was like, or not foot on the brake. No, really just like foot on the gas and foot off the gas. And then just let it go. Yeah. Like you were coasting and gassing and coasting and gassing and coasting and gassing. And like, Mm -hmm. you didn't even necessarily know you had no idea actually what your final destination was. You just knew the kind of ride you wanted Mm -hmm. to be on. Right. It's pretty cool. And I feel like things like this happen to you in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think lot. I'm in my best when I let the universe bring things to me. And I can forget that and think that I need to work harder. But right. it's like, I've always, and um, I've always kind of known that. Like, in, in high school, I was pretty... I was I was actually a lot more serious in high school, but mm-hmm. I was also with this ingrained knowing of what I just said. Um, but okay, I don't know what my so, point is about that. Okay. Oh yeah, like acting wise. Well, what I want to ask you about um, there's two things I want to ask okay. you about. Uh, um, one of them is if you are. If someone's listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and going, well, first of all, I just want to comment on this. You are, you believe in like kind of letting the universe bring you things. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I just said different words from what you said, but that was the gist of what you yes. said. Okay. But also I just want to point out that even though you believe in letting the universe bring you things, you are very, very intentional about being in the space to be brought things. Mm-hmm. So you put a lot of time and energy into gratituding, journaling, meditating, mm-hmm. um, leaving your art supplies out, keeping the things that inspire you around. Mm-hmm. Like this is not, you're not just like, yeah, I'm going to go s- s- smoke pot. And I mean, maybe there's some of that too, but like, do well, you know, the, I actually, actually don't like to smoke pot without the intention of creativity. Great. So, but like, there's not, the point is that there's not like, you're not just like, yeah, I'm going to fucking sit on the couch and like just wait for the universe to bring me things. You are very active right. in your opening for for that. Mm-hmm. So that's like one thing that I want to point out. Um, and then I just want to ask you if you were to, if and maybe I just blew it and like said it, but if you were to give some, there's there are people out there who are like, what? Like my whole life, like I've been taught to work hard. Mm-hmm. Like that that's what I, that is the value that I've been, been taught to have is Mm -hmm. just to work hard and that's how you get things that you want Mm -hmm. how do you begin to unwind that um idea 
I think I think one of the other things that we don't think a lot about in society is what we actually want. Mm. Because this idea of working hard to get what you want, quote unquote, like is that really what you want? Mm. Um, I think a big part of manifesting is really knowing what you want. And I, I make myself question this and why I would want those things a lot. Or sometimes you forget to think about it and then somebody asks you, like, what kind of part do you want to play? Like, you're like, oh, I want, I just want to work. I want to work. And then if you aren't thinking about what roles are exciting to you and what um, you're interested in exploring artistically um, or saying in the world or what you think is important, then it's all going to be driven from this, like, baseline idea rather than a specific thing that is what you're trying to call towards you because then you can a baseline idea like for example like i just want money I or want i want job. fame i yeah. just need this thing to go yeah there. because uh-huh. then that's never going to be um enough also because i'm kind of obsessed with the idea of how to like in this duality sense how to have contentment and ambition at the same time mm-hmm I always joke about that I'm in retirement or I'm coming out of retirement um, to my dad. It's like an ongoing joke that we have. I'm like, Dad, I'm ready to work right now or like I'm retired. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Just as a concept, because also he, my father, helped with continuing education and like ran this whole thing of retired people who were still um, going to college classes Mm -hmm. at the university. Mm -hmm. So even though he's retired, he still has a guitar teacher and he's still like, to, you know, mm. so he understands mm-hmm. the concept that retirement yeah. isn't like not working also. Right. Um, but I guess what the point is, is just being, putting time and energy into seeking uh, like importance in your life or meaning or what feels Like, my justifying why I like acting is, uh, you know, it comes and it goes. And it's okay when you're like, why do I not want to do this right now? Um, Because it doesn't feel full. But then I can remember why I love it, which is this transcendence and this compassion state. And that Mm. totally is in line with my life view of that everything is one and that there's so many different perspectives and what it takes to be able to get to that place where you can listen and hear from outside of your body is like Mm. a process that i'm super into listen and hear from outside of your body Mm -hmm. meaning like you can you're in a character sure when you're acting right you know you're not like judging from how your mind subject object um relationship gets a little dissolved too Mm -hmm. um and that's like maybe something that we can inspire aspire to in life Mm -hmm. that it's not about like us and them or like this and that they're this oneness that you talked about this is a way that we could actually um we can cultivate a way of looking at the world as though it is actually, we are, are all one. Mm-hmm. That's like a different episode. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk all about that in, in another episode. Fuck. What else did we cover? Okay. I had one, fuck. I had one final, final question. Okay. For you. Just because like, I just feel like we have to talk about this for like a minute or two or however long you feel like you need to talk about this for, but okay. I just think this is important. 
So you also mentioned on Monday at some point that like sometimes you feel insecure. Mm-hmm. And like I just feel like you know hearing this episode like somebody might be like in the world like well of course like she's so confident like how does she do how does she do her like how does she be Mm -hmm. like that person but like you just like a human in a human body like you sometimes feel insecure or like worried maybe that you're not enough in some way or Mm -hmm. can you I don't want to put words in your mouth but can you just talk a little bit about that and how that arises and how you contend with that yeah I mean I think it's a feeling of um, yeah, inadequacy or what do I have to say? And I think that's also a driver for why I seek inspiration all the time because then that's the medicine for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say that that's a big... I like to use insecurity as a tool and not... You know, the first tendency is like, you're like, oh, I don't want to feel this way. Um and I'd say it's usually about not doing enough or like getting in my head over like tasks that I've put off for a really long time. And I'm like, mm. oh man, I'm the least professional person in the world. You know, that kind of stuff. Right, right. Like I can't get it together. I can't that, get it together. Um, like I'm so disorganized or I'm mm-hmm. so... And, and uh, or in acting, I'll feel insecure if I don't know why I want to play a character, mm-hmm. you know, because then it's like, what am I just like saying this? Why would I just right, right? When you feel disconnected, yeah, from, from the, the job, intention and the, the, the like passion behind whatever's fueling the doing of it. So I like to use that feeling, like allow myself to feel it and be aware that oh. I'm feeling insecure and that just means that I need to go on a walk and reconnect with my like creative joyful self and mystery at large and kind of this is a reminder that I have something to seek and find you know like Meryl Streep said that she doesn't ever think she can play a part um right and it's so important like, because mm-hmm. you have to be scared. Like, before I go on stage, I get nervous if I don't feel nervous. Because I think that it's important to care. Because for a while, uh, when I first moved to L.A., I would do auditions and be so confident without preparing at all. Mm-hmm. Or would go, one time I went super stoned to a audition and hadn't read the script. How did it go? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm seriously asking that because um, I can see it going both ways. It was uh, well depending on how you're measuring the results. Success, yeah. right? It was. I'm so happy I did it. First of all, um, I had just seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Which mm-hmm. have you seen the movie? No. Anyway, Robert Downey Jr. runs into an audition and nails it. That's the whole like start jumping off point of the movie. Um, but he's actually like, running from somebody. So anyway, I was on this school bus with a bunch of hippies smoking a joint and then was like got this audition. They're like, do you want to go to it? And I was like, yeah. And so I just got them to drop me off at this place. So you were dropped at the audition, just to restate that. Um, you were dropped off by a bus of hippies. Uh-huh. On okay. a school bus. It was a school bus. A school bus full of hippies. It turned into like a living room. How many know? hippies were there? There were like seven. Okay. I don't know any so of their names. So you've been smoking pot with the hippies on the bus, and they dropped you at the audition. Mm-hmm. And then I was like so chill, 
and was in this. Some people might be freaking the fuck out, by the way. Or some people would have said, no, I can't make the audition. But but even, then if you said yes, like you'd be like, and then so you're in an, a waiting room with all these actresses right. who are like prepared. I know. You know, and, and are like running sides in the corner by themselves. Or right. Yeah, there was a chocolate shop next door to this uh-huh. place. I got like cho- uh, chocolate covered strawberries and was just eating them in the mm. audition room. And um, they had the sides, which was, like, tight. Like, I didn't even need to print those. They've got them. Everybody's freaking out. I'm just eating my chocolate-covered strawberries. I'm like, this is going to be so fun for me. I'm so into you. I just, like, (laughs) can't take it. Okay. But, like, by the way, like, I – but when I say that, does it bring up for you – like, you're into it too, right? Like, you're into it. I'm into it. I I mean, it's, like – I think it's hilarious – that I did this and I'm so happy I did it. I also am like, I've grown up a little, like I wouldn't do it right. like that anymore, but I'm, I'm happy for my 1.0 version that was freewheeling hardcore. Like Got my, it. my managers and, and, uh, agents would like when I had callbacks, they would free, they'd be like, you're going to be there. Right. Because there were multiple times that I would text them or email them. And like, can't make it i'm on a you know like in a van with a bunch of yogis driving around the country left you know um so anyway yeah i was you know which is great so i was eating these straw chocolate covered strawberries and then i was called and i was like great and i decided because i started reading the sides which definitely should have read them at least once and I was like, you know what? This is going to be, this is for me. This is how I want to do it. I'm going to like do it this way. I'm just going to like read it for the first time in the room. But I walked in and I was so calm and ready to have a conversation. We talked for a really long time, the casting director and mm-hmm. me and the reader. We were all like hitting it off. Like, what's up? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and they were like, man, she's cool. We talked for like a good seven minutes like it was like we got into it and then um i was like well let's do the you know let's do the scene and um (laughs) so it starts off pretty good um i'm using (laughs) my my skills of reading scenes you know where you're like (laughs) your acting skills using my acting skills but the part where you can you read it and then you look up and you say it with your eyes to the person yeah you know yeah you're trying to make some eye contact you make the eye contact like you read the line and then you like act and then you like Mm -hmm. look down but when they're saying their line you're looking up you're not look you know what i mean using those auditioning skills which Mm -hmm. i don't usually because i like to be off book now um So it's all great. And then I say something to him and uh, he's just staring at me and I'm staring at him. Mm. And we have this really long staring. I was like, I'm not going to break this scene. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's also this very intense scene with my father, like telling me that he's going to die and we're on this train. I'm like, wow, this is like a heavy. (laughs) As you're reading it, you're like, probably (laughs) should Um, and then he's like um, still holding the look and I'm still holding my look I'm like I mean he's got a lot of words to say like I look down vaguely I'm like and he's not saying I'm like well you know 
I'm going to do him a favor. I'm going to jump to the next line. <laughs> and I'm like, fine. Or I say whatever the, the next line is. And he looks like he wants to laugh. So he's like, like his mouth is quivering. Uh-huh. And I'm like, something is up. Like, what is the deal? <laughs> and then um, I look down and I realize that this whole mess of words that I thought were his were mine. And it was a monologue of my character that I had just skipped. And then I had said his line and, like, <laughs> basically the whole important part of the scene. I, I did in a staring contest with him. <laughs> skipped ahead to his line. Um, and so he, the, then the casting director is like, okay, well, so she, like, pretty <laughs> and he just is laughing just like you're laughing like so hard and she's kind of laughing too um but it's a super serious scene so she's trying to reel it in and right. i'm like i'm laughing because it's so funny <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god so i skipped the monologue you know like realizing it <laughs> and then and then some nerves are like starting to fill my body. I'm like, oh my god, shit! I don't know what this monologue is. Now you're like, fuck! I feel like a fuck up. Or well, I was what? like, well, she was like, well, let's try it again, you know. I'm like, <laughs> great. And so, <laughs> you're like, can I read it real quick? <laughs> I was kind of. I was like, well, I, I'm realizing this, and I'm like starting to. Uh, read the monologue like while she's like well we'll just try it i'm like yeah totally i'm like looking down very intently and and i look at the first in parentheses at this monologue and it's like with tears (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like oh my god this is going to be terrible (laughs) like I don't even know why I'm talking to my father or, like, why he's dying. I don't know anything about the script. I don't know anything yeah. about it. I know we're on a train, and I just figured that out. Um, so we do the scene again, and um, I did the monologue. It was – I was tr- just – I was, like, saying it almost in this tone of voice, like I was – making fun of the scene that was happening in <laughs> real in real life because I was like I don't know any other way uh-huh. to play this but I'm putting some meaning in this but I'm also So how did you leave this like did you feel shame afterwards? I was so happy and I mean I would I didn't feel shame. I felt I mean I was laughing a lot and I went straight to my friend's house and, um, well, I, I went over because to- I might have been like, fuck, now my agents and like, managers are going to know, like, now this casting director is not going to hire me ever again. Like, none of that went through my do- brain yeah. until, like, that's me now. Like, I'm a little bit, some auditions that I did back in my super confident, not preparing days, um, I'm like, oh my God, tape exists for that, which, I never would have thought of that right, at right. all. And obviously, and so didn't now, feel that. but now, do you feel like when you feel like you blew something? Do you feel that ever? Well, usually, I I don't go in for those ones that I think are stupid anymore. That was a big right, right part of it too. Was um, I was uh, 
not into these pilots. Right, right, and I right. had been reading all these shitty scripts and was just like being a punk rock person about it. Where right, I was like, right. Mm. And I would also go into auditions and I would um, defiantly make choices that were the opposite of the character to basically show them how stupid the character that they wrote was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what I'm interested in is... Mm-hmm. As somebody who's a human who feels insecure, like, sometimes about different things, like, I'm just trying to, I guess what I'm really interested in is, like, when you walk away from an experience or a conversation and you feel like either maybe you stuck your foot in your mouth or, like, you you said something you didn't want to say or you behaved in a way you mm-hmm. didn't want to behave or you acted in a way, you know, like, that you didn't do do you in the way that you wanted to mm-hmm. how do you contend with that feeling of disappointment well I think I'm a big person that I like to make lessons out of my strife mm-hmm. and to note it rather than um, just like you know writhe in it or like be upset at myself or think oh man I'm a terrible person I'm so self-centered and I'm not aware of other people or like I'm being you know sometimes if 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 you feel more ego like oh I wasn't listening to that person actually and they needed to tell me something or whatever it is um I like to try and think about why I don't like how that felt and then make intentions for the future and um those are actually things that I'll write down for a in a couple months I would write down everything I thought I did wrong that day mm. or like unmindful moments mm. um, just to be more aware of them and mm. kind of take it as oh this is great because I actually care about that mm. you know mm-hmm. um, but I think also a big part is whatever your definition of success is because then that that can become a successful thing mm. versus a failure Um but like, for instance, like, well, I blew that audition because I didn't know the monologue. Like, let's just take that out, even though you mm-hmm. didn't really care about that. that was a different circumstance. But like, mm-hmm. let's say like whatever you, you did a scene, you're like, oh, well, I fucked up that line or like I, I wasn't as prepared as I should have been. That was a failure. You might be like, I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the outcome that I wanted. But like. I was super relaxed going in there, which is something that's hard for me. Mm-hmm. Or like I really wanted to connect with the casting director and like that definitely happened. Mm-hmm. Or you know what I mean? Like you might reframe. I, well, I it. feel like the the lesson was to not go into things. Sure, but like just in general, like wh- like if you're feeling like you fucked up, sometimes if you look a little harder, there are ways in which maybe you didn't and actually mm-hmm. like there are many successes in there that you can um, draw from. Totally. Yeah, I think that that's very true. Um, But there's always so many different ways to look at a thing. And the lesson changes based on the time period, too. But basically, when you feel a disappointment or a shame or a whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, the way that you approach it is to find what you can learn from it. Yeah, that's where I always want to go to. And you're active about it. You write it down. Yeah, because I I know, you know, in my brain, one of the facts that I'll go back to is that everything is in cycles. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you're feeling terrible, there's still a cycle to go through. Mm. And that's going to be some sort of unconscious coming to consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And in the end, I want to be able to feel okay and good about whatever this is. So how can I get there? And then that's kind of like a seeking mystery type thing where it's like, oh, I guess I'm like, I can forgive myself for not being prepared and being Mm -hmm. super punk rock about this. And Mm -hmm. like, I don't need to be embarrassed about it's funny you can forgive yourself for anything you can forgive Mm -hmm. yourself for wanting something Mm -hmm. you can forgive yourself for not being prepared for something Mm -hmm. that's usually the last step you know the forgiven the forgiving yourself forgiving yourself yeah it's kind of like the you're like oh this whole lesson blah 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 and then you're like oh it still doesn't feel clear and it's usually because you haven't forgiven yourself Mm -hmm. what if you started by forgiving yourself sometimes like it takes all the other parts to get to the forgiving uh-huh. i mean you can always try to forgive yourself first uh-huh. Uh-huh. but just like sincerely forgive yourself first the first part might be acceptance right just like mm-hmm. this happened mm-hmm. this happened i did this i did this and now i'm about to go through a cycle where i go from feeling like i am right now which is i'm accepting that i feel fucking terrible and like i know because i have wisdom because i've lived for 29 years in your case that mm-hmm. like there's a process to this and that at some point i'm gonna feel okay again and when I feel okay, it's not like I'm just going back to where I felt before I was terrible, but like I'm going to feel okay and also have whatever lesson that I'm meant to learn right now. Mm-hmm. And at that point that I receive this lesson, then the final step may be like now I can forgive myself and you can call it a day on this particular lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of patience involved. Okay, we're going to stop because we're way over, but the last thing, this and this isn't a question, don't worry, Hanami. This is the last thing I just <laughs> want to say. You skipped over this, but I think this is okay. so beautiful. You said something like, oh, fuck, hold on. You said something like, inspiration is the medicine for insecurity. Mm, I agree with that. <laughs> you didn't say those words, like, exactly, but that was what the mm-hmm. gist of what you were saying. And I think that's just, like, a really nice place to end on. yeah. I think that that's absolutely the truth. If you're not inspired, then it's probably not over. Well, I'm fucking inspired, dude. So this shit is over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love you. I love you so much. I love you so much. Oh, my God. Okay. Bye. Bye. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at I am Kat Foster and reach out to us using the hashtag ActingRealPod. For links and recommendations from this week's episode, visit ActingRealPodcast.com. Episodes go up on Mondays. Subscribe to the show and rate and review us. It would mean so, so much to us if you did. This podcast is produced by Hanami Sutton and Chris Mako with technical assistance by David O'Hara and music by Sean Hokinson. We love you guys. We really, really do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.